Welcome to Ask the Latina. I'm your host, Terry Beltran. This program is about the opportunity to ask and learn from a Latina trailblazer with the mission to inspire and motivate Latinas to enter a career where we just do not have enough representation. For more resources, visit our website, askthelatina.com. Welcome to Asa Latina. My guest today is Abish Carvajal. She is an engineer and we're going to be very excited to hear about this because every engineering area is so different and we need more Latinas in these areas. Abish, thank you so much for being with us. It is my pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> thank you. Abish, tell us about your heritage growing up and basically going to high school. And at what point did you start liking or thinking about going to college in engineering? All right. So I was born and raised in Mexico City. I'm the eldest of five. And I come from a family where community service, uh, food gatherings is like part of our core values, right? And um, Mexico, it was a, a beautiful experience as we, my family was always very into arts and education. And that was something that my mother always put in, in ourselves, right? Like no matter what you do, there are two things in life nobody can take away from you fitness and education. And um, and it's so true. Um, when I had the opportunity to move to the United States when I was 17 years old, uh, coming from a collectivist culture, moving to an individualistic culture, it was a cultural, cultural shock for me as of I was very outspoken, very outgoing, and guess what? I moved to Provo, Utah, where the Latino population was three. And um, what happens whenever you're so used to being able to to talk, to express yourself, and all of a sudden, you become mute. So my sign language got really good (laughs) for the first two months of of my life in in the United States. Um, At some point, I decided that it's either You have two options. Either you feel sorry for yourself for not knowing the culture and not speaking the language, or you start watching TV in English. You start getting into drama club just so I could push myself to speak in public. It was a a big transition for me. I graduated as top of my class. I had a a great um, support from the teachers, I will say that. Technology was always something that I feel very passionate about. So I received a scholarships to attend the community college for pretty much free, right? However, I decided to study a career that is called Multimedia Communication Technology Programs, which is all about animation. Back then, Toy Story was like, wow. 
However, it came really fast to the reality that technology is an expensive field. You need to have a computer who meets all the software hardware requirements to even load the, um, the tools. Um, you need to have all these, you have all these expenses for your books, for your room and boarding. And most of the kids I went to school, a school with, they had a college fund, they had a trust fund, and I had none of that. So it was like, how do I make this work, right? Um, I continue for two years, then I had a hard stop. So I had to work full time. So I went into the mortgage industry very young in a role where bilingual people were necessary, were needed. Um, and I started in my career and my career in finance, but I noticed right away, this is not what my heart is. I want to be a technologist. I became um, a mother and I realized that being able to balance your work life and your personal life, it is a challenge. So I went back to see what careers would allow me to follow my passion, which is technology, and of course, will allow me to spend the most amount of quality time with my daughter. So I decided to get a bachelor's degree in information technology and the specialization is in web applications. So that was the, the story as far as like how I decided to become a, a technologist and how I got here. That's good. And so what was it like going through the courses for um, information technology? Oh my God, IT, which is pretty, pretty, it's a very, very well taken uh, industry. Everyone needs someone in IT. Absolutely. Well, this is the way I see it. Anything in life is hard, but we choose the kind of hard. It is hard to learn a new language. Now we learn everything up from Python, C++, Java, HTML, Ruby on Rails. It was, I was the only Latina. It was uh, mostly there were males in my class. And even after we will get into that in, in my current role, it, it is a challenge in, in the technology industry from the moment that you decide that you want to study in this field. Yeah, we um, and similar to you, I know I, I went through uh, being first generation. I paid my way through college to went through a community college first and transferred to a four year college. But um, yeah, sometimes you have to take those step backs to do those things. Um, I think, yeah, I think that um, would you have um, considered taking financial aid? I know that's one of the things that's a little bit of a difficult one for our culture. Sometimes we don't want to be in debt or we don't want to do. Um, I did end up taking financial aid and it was something that, um, our culture, I think that this is when we when we talk about the lack of 
role models of mentors that this is a route you can take to pay for school. These are scholarships. I remember in high school, we had this very um, talented and passionate teacher that was helping the the Latino community or, or the lack of it. So he was the one who told me, oh, you should apply for this scholarship. And we're talking about, yes, I did it, but that was not enough. So whenever I decided to go back to school, yes, I did take student loans and it is amazing um, the help you get. However, remember, it is a loan at the end of the day. So that's something that is gonna have to be paid back. So you have to be very careful when it comes to the industry you're choosing. Invest in yourself, number one, but you have to know where you are investing. The reason why I choose technology is because it is a field that you will always have a job because it is the future. And it has so many branches that you can go to. It is uh, the foundation of the present and of course the the near the near future yeah so true so true so did you take some internships or did you go right to a job afterwards how was that transition well it was um i took a break between uh, bank of america and i I was a stay-at-home mom for four years and my life um did a 360 all of a sudden, I found myself as a single mother, and I was going to school, and it was time to get a full-time job. So I decided to make a portfolio of all the courses I took, all the projects I invested my time to that they were a success, and I started applying to the jobs. The advantage I had is I had five years of experience in the finance industry. So that helped me to build my resume. So whenever I apply for my first job, I got the, the interview and they were, it was an operations. It was my first job. It was as an operation support engineer. We work with this product that provides real-time data to clients, which means that the application doesn't sleep. They need 24-7 support. And all of these components are based in every single operational system. And you have to know everything about hardware, network, software. And it was, it, it, it felt like a, a monster per se at the beginning. But I'm like, guess what? I got this. I'm going to learn it. And I went to that interview knowing I know I don't have the hands-on experience, but I'm doing it at school. And anything is, when, you, when it comes to software, it's proprietary, so you get to know it. You just have to ask the right questions and guess what? I got the job. I was the only female in my team. And it was something something an experience that if you did if i didn't know anything about technology hands-on that's the place where i became an expert so it's it's all about your confidence right because we go through so many struggles in life and we don't give ourselves enough credit that we are resilient that we survive and guess what 
no one know no no one is born knowing everything so i i've been with um, the same company in different roles for the past 10 years and uh, i graduated and it was something that i still feel that those butterflies right because it was time effort ideally you will graduate when you're 21 22 you will apply for your internships uh but life will throw you curveball like you don't know where it's gonna be so just know that you have everything it takes to be successful never doubt yourself it is um if you don't know guess what tomorrow well. <laughs> life is different for all of us but yet as latinas i think we we don't give it enough credit to ourselves like you said that we're resilient there is a lot on our shoulders i think culturally some expectations from our own families because we're latinas instead of latinos <laughs> i don't know i think the latinos have it made a little easier i don't want to say it's machismo or anything but no i just sort of feel like I always see my aunts or whatever would take care of my cousins more than my than me and my other female cousin. I'm like, what's going on here? So, but yeah, we need to we need to change that. I think a little bit, maybe the mindset of, of ourselves. Absolutely. Is and and if we put a summary and everything that we have talked for the past few minutes, it's about. The, the fact that Latinas face a unique challenge in the technology industry, the lack of representation, the access to education and resources, and the biases and stereotypes. I remember a lot of people saying, oh, you don't look that technical, or you don't even talk like a technical person. And I'm like, oh, can you explain to me how am I supposed to look? How am I supposed to talk? And it's just picking up for yourself. Thankfully, it, you know, it, it's never an easy road when it comes to technology. Just know that, but it's totally worth it. And the more women that enter the field and stays in the field, the easier that it will get for everybody. And I can see those changes right now happening. Yeah, I know, Visha, I love how you questioned them back. That was awesome. I think that's, uh, everyone should listen to her on this one. Because <laughs> it's definitely, we we tend to be quiet. Why? I think what you asked them was great. Oh, yeah. So what are you expecting? I bet you didn't know how to answer that. <laughs> no, no, they, because they don't, they're not used to. Uh, these Those things are called microaggressions that we normalize. Because our culture is, it could be a submissive culture, right? From we, yeah. we study history and the way that we talk to our parents from don't don't say to say usted or it's just that that mentality that we are because we are younger we don't know better. Of course, we are learning, but we are a human being and we are the reflection of our parents. So guess what? Yes, sometimes I don't know everything, but I know my worth. And I know when, when something doesn't feel right in your body, is your gut instinct telling you it's not right. The tone, right? The tone when it comes to talking to Latinos. We have to. If they don't know the tone they need to use with us, we need to teach them how to set the tone. 
when they talk to us because we're equals. Yeah, be very assertive. Don't be afraid. And I think you did a great example of that. I love that so much. That's great. So are you the only Latina or female still today? Uh, as of right now, I work as an infrastructure reliability engineer. I'm the regional lead for women in tech. And this is the first time in my whole career that, yes, I am the only Latina. It's only 2% in the United States. I have a global team, but I'm not the only one. I was, uh, my company is a great place to to promote diversity and inclusion and they take our feedback into consideration and they actually talk to us as a part of the interview process. And I'm not the only, I'm the only Latina, but I have two more female uh, engineers in my team. And this is the first time I get to experience that. It's amazing. That's great. That's good. Just need to get more Latinas in the pipeline, but yeah, I agree with you. Two percent is very low, and that's one of the reasons why, although we have this podcast, we created an Ask a Latina e mentorship app um, to pair Latinas like you with Latina high school students, because we feel we need to start them early to understand that yeah, you can be like her, and there is this opportunity to uh, have a have on your phone someone to ask quickly a question, so you're not feeling intimidated. Especially if someone asks you a question like they asked you, you know, you already, you're going to exactly. guide them and help them. And it's, it's the, the lack of role models, like you said, how important is what you're doing right now, you know, telling girls at a young age, because we start from the moment that I, I'm sure a lot of uh, girls can relate to this whenever your your mother is like, oh, my phone is not working. Can you call your brother? Yeah. Hello, I'm right here. I can fix it. That mentality, right? And yeah. and um, and it's something that that we have to start from home. You know, yeah. when it comes to the way we talk to our daughters, I'm very cautious about that because it's um, I, I always I have a a teenager, so you can imagine it's it's like um. That, that struggle that I know what it's like to be a Latina, but someone that was born and raised here, it has these two cultures that they have to balance on a daily basis. And how do you make into a one that is inclusive, that is diverse, honoring your heritage, but also embracing the place where you're living in and making the most out of the opportunities? Yeah. Well, she's lucky she's got a strong mom like you. So you're a wonderful role model for her. Thank you. Uh, and, and I think that that goes with a lot of moms that have come here and really had to, you know, go into a field that we don't have too many representation in. And so when you do that, I think that makes you stronger because you are really showcasing that all the possibilities and why not. So overcoming those barriers instead of just saying, okay, well, no, I'll just be a social worker or I'll just I'll do something else. Or, you know, but uh, I think it's great. I love how you continued with your passion and what you wanted to do. You yes. didn't divert from that path. You went, you found the time, the right time to do things and you still, and how you presented yourself for that job was really good too. I think that's so much to learn there that it's almost like, um, 
people always say when you put your resume together, everything is transferable, your skills. So how do you showcase and and show that you are going to learn? You're a person who's a sponge and you're going to go forward with it. So that's great. And I feel that as as a culture, sometimes we don't play to win. We play not to lose. We try to be within the comfort zone. Oh, all my friends are going into this industry. Oh, I should follow them. You know, don't be afraid to to take chances. The worst thing they can say is no. And guess what? Nothing happens. And if, you know, it just takes one person to say yes, and it changes your life completely. If you see the success stories of all the leaders, all the times they were rejected, and they kept going, you know, because it, this is what it takes to be successful and to break stereotypes. True, true. So uh, for some of the young Latinas that don't know what system engineering or your area, can you take them through what you do and what are the typical things that you work with, um, programs, things like that? Absolutely. As of right now, we... My, my role as an infrastructure reliability engineer, we work with the reliability, operability, resiliency of over 706 applications worldwide. We are the mentors of technology. We work from with developers, with project managers, product managers, and we pretty much bring our expertise to, to, the, um, to the products that are currently available to the market to absorb data. So pretty much in order to get to a position like me, like mine, you need to have a minimum of 10 years of experience and you do have to have experience coding, operations, leading teams, and most important, the leadership qualities, right? Because we talk to the, a lot of um, stakeholders and you have to explain what you do and how you do it and how you add value. So whenever you have an accent like me, it could be intimidating, right? And sometimes uh, people can ask you, well, as a Latino, what do you bring to the table? (laughs) I am the table. And that's how we set the tone from the rest of the conversation. So my, my role is technical, but it has, at this point, it's more in the mentor leadership role. So my normal day is meetings. I work with, uh, a lot with London and with uh, Bucharest and uh, Bangalore. So some days my days start at 5 a.m. And some days they start, you know, 10 a.m., but uh, it's the, the flexibility that you have to make your own schedule to work for you because my company is very keen into that work-life balance. And um, I am very, I'm very organized. I think that's one of the skills that have brought me to, to be successful in my position. I love Kanban boards, so my day starts with... A spoon of apple cider vinegar and warm water. That's how I start my day. <laughs> After that, I feel like I did something for myself and I do one minute breathing meditation. Just to make sure that you have to make sure that your body is well taken care of before you do anything else for 
anyone and get that into a habit. I like to see my vision board and be and write three things I'm grateful for. And I have my, my notebook at all times because sometimes as the day gets hard, no matter what industry you're in, just remember that nothing is permanent and it's just going to get better. So I check my Kanban boards. I, I color code them by priority and my meetings. And whenever I have an incident at work, then I figure out was it technical, was it networks, was it software, and how can we get together and fix this? So that's how how my day goes most most of the time. I had the that's my my role. However, I'm also the regional lead for the Latino network within the company for the U.S. region. So we are all about diversity and inclusion programs. And um, just this Monday and Tuesday, I was in New York meeting the CEO of the company, talking about the challenges and the privileges that now we feel as a Latinos working working for the company. And it was something that maybe years ago could have been just a dream, but now they know the value that we bring. We know we're coming to win, to stay, and to make a difference. And um, being there also had the opportunity to, to meet up with 50 students from New Jersey. We brought them to, to New York and just being in that building, showing that Latinos, um, we were talking about investments, we were talking about everything we do and showing the, the phrase that we keep saying, si se puede, because we want to see them working with us and we wanna, want them to think them, of themselves in a different mind setting. This is why I love what I do because it's not only my passion with technology, but this is also my passion with bringing the Latino community and the kids together to know that you got this. You got this and nothing is permanent. So believe me, when I tell you the worst, you could, you could be through a lot of challenges, but it will pass. Everything passes. Yeah. Were these college students that you brought through? We brought uh, students from eighth, seventh and eighth grade. Another association. It was beautiful. And we got to talk to them about what we do. And and I'm going to tell you my global lead for the Latino network and co-lead and everybody that works with our network, they are passionate because these are volunteering positions, right? So you have to know mm-hmm. the impact and the everything that they sacrifice in a way to for this cause because this is on top of our full-time job. But we're glad to do it, and I feel very privileged to have those kind of opportunities. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's uh, one of the reasons why, other than having this platform um, for them to hear about you, we also have the e-mentorship app that we've um, newly just launched. And it's really doing the same thing. It's really connecting more from uh, age 14 and up in high school to when they started to think about where to go, but to find someone like you on their phone and just connect and ask questions is really why we did it. Cause we, we know we're only 2%, but yet right. you know, if they can connect and, and listen to you and your story or, or anyone else and be inspired, then 
they can see because we definitely need more Latinas, not so much that because we're a larger population, but I think Latinas bring a lot of innovation and a lot of different perspectives globally. And being a company as global and, and um, being competitive in the world, just as this nation has to be, those are important yeah. qualities. I mean, that, let's put as an example Marisa Mayer, right? The former CEO of Yahoo from 2012 mm-hmm. to 2017. She was the prominent uh, figure in the tech industry and she played a significant role in developing Google search engine. How many people know about Marisa Mayer? Uh, we do have, uh, I can think of six right now, but we need more, but they are here for, a, they, they are, you know, paving the path for us to, oh, maybe, listen, somos uh, poquitas, pero poderosas, right? And that's yeah. the way I want to, I want to think as of right now. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, definitely. Well, Thank you, Avish. This has been great. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your journey and your passion. And I definitely think that the, you know, you're making an impact with um, sharing this because I think it's it's good to know um, that you know there's people like you out there that are really striving to get more young people into this area that's so much needed. So Absolutely, my pleasure. Yeah. Well, this concludes our episode with Asa Latina. I hope you can join us for the next one. Thank you.